Good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. We are so thankful that you have come into the house of the Lord today. It is by Jesus Christ and his blood that we who were far away have been brought near. And today in God's people, we have been brought near to worship him. We are glad that we are here in God's house. If you would, let us stand together as we recite together or read together our scripture this morning. So let's read together. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's stay, remain singing, standing as we sing.
Good morning. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Hey, we can say hallelujah because God, through his spirit, revealed his son to us. Amen? Amen. That he came and Jesus is not in the grave, but he's alive. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. We're glad that you're here, that we can worship God together this morning. We're glad that you're here, that you're here at Hebrew Baptist Church as we ask you or encourage you or inviting everyone to take their next steps in Christ. Maybe you're here today and God just wants to put a hallelujah in your heart today. That he wants you to lift his eyes, your eyes towards him. That you may praise him and see the excellent greatness of his son. Maybe you need to trust in Jesus today. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you need to be encouraged in your walk. Or maybe God's telling you today you've been a Christian for a long time and you've never shared the gospel and you should be at Gospel to Every Home this afternoon. Whatever, wherever you are, we want to invite you, equip you, and help you to take your next step in Christ. And we're glad that you're here. And our step today, this morning, is to worship Jesus together. Well, today we have our uh, a new set of shoes here this morning uh, to remind us to pray for uh, our our church family that are on mission in Utah. Uh, they are doing a, uh, having a great time, encouraging time with our sister church, Redeeming Life Church, and so we want to remember them in prayer this morning, and we want to pray for their service as they help and lead there uh, this morning in that church service, and an encouragement to that church family, and so we know that that's going on. Well, uh, as we continue in our worship, we it is our habit to pray together, and we pray uh, for ourselves, we pray for the world, uh, and we pray to the Lord. So if you would, as God's people, let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this church family that we get to call home and that we have gathered here in this place to say hallelujah to you, God, who has saw us and loved us and sent your son, and he is not dead, but he is alive in heaven with you, and that you have sent your spirit to reveal truth in our hearts that we might call you Father and Lord and be accepted into your kingdom. Lord, we are thankful to gather and praise your name. And Lord, I am thankful this morning that because of this and one of the values that we have is engaging worship. Heavenly Father, we know we have been called to participate in praising of your name. Many of us here may not be able to sing well or maybe even sing at all, but we can praise you because you are the giver of all good things. And as we have gathered together as your redeemed people, you put praise on our lips and joy in our hearts and encouragement in our spirit that we might praise you. We are thankful that we can lead and engage in worship, not just because of the music that we sing, but the prayers that we have, the scripture that we say together, the word that will be displayed and later the Lord's Supper that we will partake. But Lord, help us as we gather here in your name to, to focus on the words that we say, that the, the meaning of each word and phrase and song and lyric and what we do is not just an empty set of action, but a cry of our heart. Lord, we want this to be the cry of our hearts this morning. Our hallelujah to you. 
Heavenly Father, we also want to lift up those in our midst, uh, in our church family that, we, that need you. We lift up Mark Loy this morning. We pray for him as he fell yesterday and broke his femur and hip. We pray, Lord, uh, that you would give him comfort. His discomfort now, Lord, is great. And we pray, Lord, in the next day or two that he would be able to have surgery that to fix this and relieve his pain. Be with him and Renee as she cares for him. And Lord, uh, we know many people will be lifting him up. We pray, God, that you would be near to him. We pray for Miss Kay Boots and, and the being in the hospital this week. And we pray, God, that the medicines and the would begin to work and, Lord, get the infection out of her body. We pray that she would be strengthened by your grace that, that food and nourishment and rest at home would help give her uh, the strength to, to feel better, uh, to be able to return to worship, and to be with us here at the church. We pray and lift both of these up because, Lord, we know they need you now. Lord, we also lift up our missions team right now. Lord, we are grateful for those who participated in sending and, and, and helping send this team financially but we are thankful that the team is now on the ground and that over the weekend the gospel was proclaimed and that people we know are having the seeds of faith and the gospel sown because of our team and so lord i pray for them we pray for their travel tomorrow we pray for for uh, just a continued best bestowing of grace we pray lord that redeeming life church our sister church is nourished and encouraged and excited by their presence and that lord because of the work that many conversations of the gospel will come and that many people will be baptized because of their work this week lord we also lift up our who's your one emphasis lord we pray that right now that those names that have been put on our hearts those those providential meetings that have taken place lord i lift up the person I invited this week. Lord, I pray that they would come in the next few weeks to Hebron Baptist Church and to hear the gospel proclaimed. We pray, Lord, that you would encourage each of us to continue to invite, invest in people, to bring them to the gospel, to bring them to church, and that we could celebrate what you are doing in the life of Hebron Baptist Church and reaching people in northern Kentucky. And Father, we understand that as we prayed about engaging worship that we admit that there that we don't engage in worship rightly we come with sins that have been um, unasked for that that we come distracted that we've come not put giving our effort in all in our heart that we've not focused on you, that we've gone through the motions. We admit it. Maybe it's today. Maybe it's the last few weeks. But we know, Lord, that we've not prioritized worship of you. And Lord, we admit that. And we know that that has been wrong. But by God's grace, the same grace that we proclaim over us is the same gospel and good news that forgives us. And we are so thankful, Lord, that in this salvation, in the gospel, is good news for us who are horrible worshipers, that you will put a song in our heart.
and you will forgive us when we fail. But we know that, Lord, you have given us your son and the good news of forgiveness. We're thankful to be as your people. We're thankful to bring you praise. We are thankful to give you a hallelujah this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. Let us read this scripture together this morning. Uh, I will read this for you. God is not a man that he might lie, or a son of man that he might change his mind. Does he speak and not act, or promise and not fulfill? God promises to forgive us when we confess our sin. When we confessed our sin today, what did we receive? Forgiveness from the Lord. And that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let us stand as we sing of the good news of the gospel and forgiveness. Shall we? 
that. See, when I don't practice, I just turn the guitar off. and then Every promise, we make promises, right? What happens to our promises? But when God makes a promise, every promise is true. Amen? Amen. Oh, 
something I failed to do earlier uh, is to welcome our guests, and we hope that you will feel welcome here, that you've been welcomed by someone or many people prayerfully. But one of the things I hope that you were that was done today is that you would or you would do today for me is to scan. Oh, there's a QR code there in your pew. If you could scan that, especially if this is your first time with us today, to let us know that you are here to connect with us so that we can connect with you. And once you've done that, uh, do that on, you can do that on your phone. Uh, go to our next steps desk, which is through the double doors to the immediate left. And if this is your first time with us today, uh, or you failed to go to the next steps desk before, go there. They have a gift waiting for you. And we want to connect with you today. So please do that. And if you can't do it on your phone, you can't figure it out, we'll have some, some of those cards to fill out at the Next Steps desk. But we would love to connect with you today. All right. Making up for my mistake from earlier, let's turn into God's Word to Psalm 132. So turn into your copy of God's Word or on your devices. Psalm 132 It's page 5. 45, 545 in the Pew Bible that's in front of you, if you'd like to use that translation to follow along while I read. Uh, today we're continuing uh, with our series, uh, Psalms of Summer, or our uh, God's mixtape of songs that he has written and inspired for us. And today we're going to look at one of the songs of ascent, and we're going to talk about what that means and why it's important and uh, why it gives us a snapshot of exactly what we just sang. We have a God who covenants with, with us and keeps every bit of his word. So let's read beginning in verse 1. Lord, remember David and all the hardships he endured and how he swore an oath to the Lord, making a vow to the mighty one of Jacob. I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not allow my eyes to sleep or my eyelids to slumber until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling for the mighty one of Jacob. We heard of the ark of Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of Jar. Let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Rise up, Lord. Come to your resting place, you and your powerful ark. May your priests be clothed with righteousness, and may your faithful people shout for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not reject your anointed one. The Lord swore an oath to David, a promise he will not abandon. I will set one of your offspring on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my decrees that I will teach them, their sons will also sit on your throne forever for the Lord has chosen Zion he has desired it for his home this is my resting place forever I will make my home here because I have desired it I will abundantly bless its food I will satisfy its needy with bread I will clothe its priests with salvation and its faithful people will shout for joy there I will make a horn grow for David I have prepared a lamp for my anointed one and I will clothe his enemies with shame, but the crown he wears will be glorious. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you as we know that your word is true. It has been inspired and gifted to us by your spirit. It is for us to know you better. It is for us to serve you better. 
And Heavenly Father, we are thankful this morning that we can come to you and learn more about you, but that we can be steadfast and sure, knowing that you are a God who covenants with us. We ask that you open our hearts and change us. In Jesus' name. The Washington Post uh, ran a story about how people flippantly agree to the end-user agreement to get free Wi-Fi. Maybe you've gotten it in the mall or in the airport or somewhere, and you go at the end, and it gives you all the terms of service, right, before you say, okay, I get your, your, free, your free Wi-Fi. Well, uh, in one place, it was uh, the company was F-Secure. It was in a busy public spot, and they wanted to see what would happen. Do people actually read this? Well, in the midst of the agreement, they put a Herod clause, meaning that in one of the lines that it said or agreed for you to gain free Wi-Fi, that they got the rights to your firstborn child. And... Nobody noticed. Everyone continued to use the free Wi-Fi. Now, we know that kind of legally they might have that, and uh, that I don't think that it would hold up in, in court, but, but it was showing that people didn't read the agreements or the fine print, the agreement that was supposed to say, you take this, so take, if you to take my Wi-Fi, you must do this in return. And this agreement that we kind of buzz through and obviously as God's as regular humans we break our word all the time when we say if you do this for me I'll do this for you well here we see a snapshot of God's covenant with us that God agrees to give us great things himself his son salvation but many of us don't pay attention to this agreement. Uh, you know, that study, it said that some people said that they would rather, 60% of people said that they would rather read an entire book than the legal ease agreement that comes from getting free stuff at the end of a, a, you know, cell phone usage or Wi-Fi or whatever. Well, we have a lot of people who want the benefits of God's covenant but don't read the covenant or Bible or understand it at all when we as humans think or many people think of how is it that we are to get this salvation how are we to get this agreement with God how are we to fulfill God's covenant how are we to do this together well we go we sort of always default to kind of a legalistic mindset that we are to, to do this, this religiosity, this religious action, this form of morality, this work or good deed, that if we do these things, then God will give us salvation. But we have not read or understood God if that is our understanding of his covenant with us. Do you know that the New Testament actually means new covenant? And in the new covenant, we are 
shown with full display God's new covenant with us is not religiosity it is not action it is not a 10 step plan it is faith in Jesus his son Ephesians 2 8 through 9 you are saved by grace through faith it is not from yourself it's God's gift not from work so that no one can boast these are the terms that God has given it is written in the blood of his son and God covenants and promises us himself based on his work of grace alone God continually shows us that it is in his grace that we can trust him and what he says and the Bible keeps showing us and telling us that we can trust in him when he tells us something it is sure just as we read in the scripture earlier God cannot lie God cannot change his mind when he promises us something his word never changes and it never fails and the good word for us is that when whatever circumstance it is we need to go back and be reminded of God's sure covenant with us his trustworthiness his promise his promise to be with us to save us and to to be sure that we can trust him in every situation that we will experience we were reminded this in the psalm that we read this morning psalm 132 it is one of the 15 psalms that is known as the psalms of ascent it begins in i think psalm uh, 120 and goes to psalm 134 and each one has a little ascription at the beginning the song of ascent these were collected and most of them were written uh, by different people we've got four uh, written by david one written by solomon and the rest are anonymous and in these these psalms are ascent are were to be sung or to be said or recited as the jews celebrated or traveled through uh, to the three festivals every year the the ascent was a picture of of understanding this pilgrim ascent to meet with god in these these 15 psalms some commentators say they may have represented the 15 steps leading up to the temple in Jerusalem. The ascent referring to Israelites' pilgrimage, that would be that the temple mount was up affixed to a hill that you would have to go up. But the surrounding are understanding that arranged to know that they were to sing or go together as they met with God. Now as the Psalms were collected or arranged while in exile imagine how these words were fresh and new to them and brought hope for them remember they had been exiled from God his land the temple his presence as slaves into Babylon and they wondered would we ever be able to meet with God again would be ever be able to be forgiven because we were sent here because of our sin 
What should we do? How can we have strength to return? How can we keep going? Well, they would return to these psalms of ascent that would help remind them not of their faithfulness because they had failed, but of God's faithfulness that he would meet with them again. And we know that they did, that they returned and they rebuilt and they regathered and God met with them again in the temple. And in this psalm, we see God's work of sovereign plan that highlights that we can trust him. That he is covenant, his word is sure, and that even when we fail him, he won't fail. Even when we're in a situation that we don't see the other side of it, we can trust in God's word to us. That when we know that the situation is dire, we can trust God's promise to us. And in this psalm, there are three reasons that we should rely on God's covenant with us. First, God covenants with his people, providing hope. God's covenants with his people, providing hope. So uh, the first nine verses it, uh, the psalms of ascent if you flip through those pages you see that psalm 132 is the longest of these ascents uh, this by by a, a, almost a double measure is longer and there's two halves the first half focuses on david and his promise to god and the second is god answering and fulfilling his promise to david it is in this that God reveals or brings forward the truth of his covenant. Verse 1 begins, the Lord remember David. Lord remember David. This is covenant language. This is the psalmist saying, remember God, remember, remember what you promised to David. And later on it'll it'll recite that or summarize that in a minute but we begin with this covenantal promise that David would have someone of his lineage on the throne forever second Samuel 7 16 God says your house and kingdom will endure endure before me forever and your throne will be established forever as God's chosen king and David's love for him, God promised David that forever you will have someone on the throne from your lineage. Yet, through this, hardships came on David. Because of David's sin, because of other sins, we know many different things happened to David. His people tried to take him out. They did take him out for a while. We, but we see and know that hardships went on and David though had hope David had faith in God David continued on why was this because he had a sure promise from God a covenant from him that he would keep his lineage sure and this was displayed on the verses that remind us what was this? How was he assured? How was he encouraged? Well, David said, God, I want to build you a house. I want to build something for you to meet again, a permanent structure, a place for us to gather. 
It says there in verse 3 through, 5, uh, three through 5 where uh, he talks about how David said he would not sleep at night, how he would gather the things, he would, he would make sure that God had a promise. In 2 Samuel 7, the king said to the prophet Nathan, look, I am living in a cedar house while the ark of God sits inside a tent curtain. So Nathan told the king, go and do all that is on your mind for the Lord is with you. David was impressed because of the covenant of God on his heart to make a house for God to live in. This hope that he had, despite all the bad things that were happening, despite everything that could happen, despite what happened with Bathsheba, he knew that God's promise was sure. Now what was interesting, if you know the story of the way that it went, that, that David wanted to do this, but God said, no, this is something your son will do for me. But David prepared, he got all the supplies together. His heart was to bring people to worship God. And then in verse 6, the psalmist says that David and his men heard about the ark's location. It talks about in verse 6, we heard of the ark in Ephrathah and we found it in the fields of Jar. Something that we know of what David did, that he wanted to restore the worship of God, was that he wanted to return the Ark of the Covenant to God's people because the worship that was to happen, the sacrifice of the priest to be put on the mercy seat to provide forgiveness of the people. Where, where was the Ark? Well, it says here it was in the fields of Jar. This term Jar really means thicket. For Saul's kingdom and previously the ark was just sitting in a forest somewhere that people didn't care about it that it was not the centerpiece of their worship it was far away think about this context for a moment the ark symbolized god's special presence and no one cared to know where it was well this shows the heart of jerusalem and the jewish people in israel at the time David, because of the covenant that God had made with him, desired to worship God and respond to the promise that God had. In verse 8 and 9, we see, Rise up, O Lord, come to your resting place. The psalmist wrote with hope that God, as he remembered David, as he had David promised that God again would would inhabit and be with his people that his people would be close again there's the arc of this what we read just now god promises god promises and covenants with us we are reminded of his sure promises and because of that we are enabled or inspired with hope that God will fulfill his promises. And that's what David did. Brother and sister, we must never underestimate the hope that we have in God's word to us. That he will remain faithful. That in this hope that we know that God will do exactly what he said. So whenever circumstance that you find yourself in, 
whatever situation that you might feel far from God, wherever you are, you can be sure God has not left. God is faithful to you. This is an encouragement to us. God gives us his covenant to encourage us. You remember one of the other covenants that God gave to us? Very famous in the Bible. That he gave to Noah after the flood. That he said that he would not destroy the people with a flood again. And what did he give us as a sign of that covenant? rainbow do you know that as a sign to us that there is no other planet in the galaxy that has a rainbow do you know that as the evolutionists and scientists might look at the world and say oh these are just kind of anomalies these are just happenstances that has happened well do you know that only on earth is there the proper place that a rainbow can occur. Guillermo Gonzalez noted what was important for a rainbow to occur. Suspended water droplets at the atmosphere at the direct sunlight that results from the sun being between the horizon and 42 degrees altitude. This typically occurs after a thunderstorm has passed and small droplets are still in the atmosphere and the sky is clearing in front of the sun. Seems like a simple setup. This must be a common phenomenon in the cosmos, right? But it isn't so simple. Our moon doesn't have an atmosphere. Mars doesn't have the moisture. Venus has too thick an atmosphere and as we need head further out, other planets don't have liquid water. So the only planet to have rainbow is the only one with the people on it that God promised. Friends, to say it clearly, there is no other place in the world, no other place in the universe that we know God covenant with his people when we look up in the sky and see the rainbow. God's people understand this promise. And when we look up and we see that, just as we look up and see his fulfilled promise of Jesus, we, it instills hope in us. It gives us courage. It defeats feelings of loneliness and inability and fear. God's promises are meant to blow our mind, to settle our hearts, to be a gift of grace for us, to help us have a steady heart, to help us know and be reminded that we could have never earned the riches that God has given to us, but instead it was all given to us by the very promise of God. I'm amazed at the number of believers I meet who in some state of spiritual paralysis because they no longer believe the promises of God. That they don't have any re reasons to continue doing the radical things that God calls us to do to live out our faith, to, to pray to him, to read the Bible, to, to go on mission, to share the gospel, to be separate from the world, to be holy. All of these things are based on the promise that God says that I love you, I've given my son, and I know what is best for you. In all these things we see when doubt replaces awe, 
we become fearful and we give up sometimes on the gospel altogether friends if you're struggling believing the promises of God your problem is not that life is too hard your problem is that you've lost the awe of God that you've lost the trust that God who made the promises keeps his promises do you friends stand with hope and courage and the awesome promises of God or do you walk through the quicksand of questioning the reliability brother and sister reorient your view to God's promises and covenant so that you may keep hope all the days of your life number two God fulfills his covenant providing confidence God fulfills his covenant providing confidence so not only has he given it to us to give us hope in something better but he has fulfilled us showing it that we can have confidence in what we do in trusting him after reading of David's oath in verse 2 we now read of God's promises in verses 11 through 12 the Lord swore an, swore an oath to David a promise he will not abandon I will set one of your offspring on your throne if your son keeps my covenant and my decrees that I will teach them their sons will also sit on your throne forever this is a beautiful poetic condensed version of 2nd Samuel 7 12 through 16 this is an oath it says the Lord swore an oath in the ESV it says a sure oath this is a promise that God has fulfilled well we see the near time or the close version of God fulfilling this promise that God would keep a a descendant of David on the throne even in their sin even when he separated the two kingdoms even when there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom what did God do he fulfilled his oath to David even in the southern kingdom because he made sure that his lineage continued in Judah first Kings 11 34 through 36 he says however I will not take the whole kingdom from him but will let him by be ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David whom I chose and who I ke who kept my commands and my statutes I will take ten tribes of the kingdom from his son and give them to you and I will give one tribe to his son so that my servant David will always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem the city I chose for myself and put my name there what is this saying God even in their sin was willing to keep his word to them now what he says is is if he's going to keep this kingdom he's going to keep this king that there's also a uh, there must be a condition here the condition was the king would also have to follow God's commands <laughs> We've, we've read first and second kings we know that didn't happen we know that none not david's sons did not keep god's word we we know that they failed we know that they did not keep it but god kept his promise 
God continued. You would say, well, how did God then fulfill this promise? How did he get out of this condition? How is this tension resolved? Is Is there a loophole in God's covenant? Is God doing something? No, because God fulfilled this promise by sending a greater king, one from the lineage of David, one who is his very own son, and we know that keeps his very word perfectly. He sent Jesus, and this very king will reign forever and ever. The only one who kept God's law perfectly, the only one who fills the Davidic covenant, it is Jesus. In Revelation eleven fifteen, the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Amen? God has fulfilled his promise. He will fulfill his promise. And we know that if God keeps his promise to us, we can have confidence to turn to him in everything in life. There was a study done in 2018 in the United Kingdom that people saw their confidence in their smartphones that they said or they recorded I think it's a little faulty because I think it was more than what they said that they turned to their smartphone every 12 minutes that they turned to it I think they fibbed I think it's probably more than quicker than that but think of how often you turn to your smartphone for confidence for directions on a trip for the weather radar about what's happening for your afternoon plans for the for the notes or the things that you know to bring confidence in friends even greater we have a confidence in Jesus we have a confidence in a God who covenanted with us that he does what he says he will do the Bible says that we know that we can do all things in confidence with him that we can pray We can go to him, we can serve him, that we can love others, that we can share the gospel. And all these things we can do with confidence that even when there's problems, we know that God is there. So friends, we need to pray. What does the world tell us that we need to pray for or work towards? You need more self-confidence. You need to grow your self-confidence. No, friends, we need to grow our God confidence we need to grow not fearful over the world but trusting God we don't need to learn to trust ourselves more we need to trust God are you doing that at work or at school are you doing this in the places that you live Sarah came up with something that we are working with little Isabella she she is really shy and she is she's fearful a lot of times and so there's something that Sarah and I are teaching her that we say she says I am big I am strong I am brave because God fights my battles it's not confidence in herself it's not confidence in what she will do it's confidence in what God does 
for her. Friends, money can't be our confidence. Acceptance of others can't be our confidence. It can only be in a God who gives us a covenant that is sure. And we can trust in Him and have confidence in Him. And finally, number three, God's covenant in Christ shows His passion for us. Verse 14 through 18, it shows that God is confident that He has a heart and he has chosen Zion for his home, that he will reside for his people. He will answer the prayers that were lifted up in, in 8 and 9, but it goes beyond what they could even ask for. Greater is those priests clothed with righteousness or those faithful people shouting for joy. Instead, God will reside in Zion. And in doing so, he is answering their prayers. He says, this is my resting place forever because I will make my home here because I have desired it. And we know this. What is this? That God will meet with his people in the temple, but we know a new heaven and a new earth, a new Zion, a new Jerusalem where we will reside with God forever. But look at this. He goes even further. I will abundantly bless its food. I will satisfy its needy with bread. I will clothe its priests with salvation and its faithful people will shout for joy. There will be a horn to grow for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed one. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but the crown he wears will be glorious. Brothers and sisters, our hope in this covenant is that God has made a place for us. He has made a home for us for eternity. And he will make a home in our hearts with him. God did come to inhabit. John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He observed his glory and the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came to live with his people, but he died and he went into the grave, but three days later he woke out, uh, walked out, and from this he made a new covenant for us that by faith in him, God's word is sure, and that he makes a home in heaven for us, a future Zion for us, and a home in our hearts for now. You may be sitting here thinking, Maybe even as the exiles, there's no hope for me. I won't be able to go up. I won't be able to draw near to God. I have failed so many times. What will God do to let me in? Well, his covenant is not based on what you have done, but what he has done through Christ. And what he does for you. His passion is for you to bring you near. What do we learn here? In verse 15, I will abundantly bless its food. God will provide for those who cannot provide for themselves. I will give bread to the needy. If you don't feel like you deserve to be in God's house, God provides you living water the bread of life that you might enter in 
God will provide rescue for those who cannot rescue themselves. When he talks about clothing his priests, not just with robes, but with salvation. This is wonderful because God is saying, I'm going to provide the ministry for the priests to return. But what is this salvation? It is the word of freedom. Where were the exiles? They were enslaved. How could they think that they could return to God? God says, I bring freedom for the slaves. I will bring salvation that my people will shout for joy. Brother, sister, you may be enslaved to sin, but you might be enslaved to pornography. You might be enslaved to gaming. You might be enslaved to careerism instead of enslaved to God. But God, who is rich in mercy, gives you salvation and freedom for all these things that you may be enter into his gates with joy. God will give dignity to those who feel cast aside. In verse 17, he says, I will give a horn to David. Whew, I don't know. That's going to look weird, isn't it? A horn? Well, this is imagery to see that the, the most majestic animals had the biggest horns. What is this to teach us? The horn to his people that the, the branch, the mighty branch of David will be given to his people. So what will happen? He's given this horn to the people that the people who were left aside, who were downtrodden, who were, who were kicked out, instead will be given the dignity of a king. Maybe you feel left out today. You are the one whose spouse left, whose family's failed. Maybe you've been kicked out of your company. God says, I will give you dignity. I will bring you in. Whatever you have found your pride in, you will now find pride in my house, and I will be in your heart. And God will provide victory for his people. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but the crown he wears will be glorious. The crown is for the Savior. He will dominate. He will rule. The king will protect his people. And God's people's enemy will meet their king. The enemies of God will be taken out by the king. God literally moves heaven and earth to redeem us. He gave us his son, and through his covenant of faith, we become these people that God is passionate about. So friends, if you think that you are unlovely or unlovable or cast out or far away or sin is too great, remember this. God covenants with you through his son Jesus so that there will be a home for us in Zion and he will make a home for us in our hearts let me just read a quote from Spurgeon where he makes all of this he says it is not for us to know the reason that the Lord has his people so highly in estimation for we cannot search to the bottom of this divine mystery but brethren God's love which at first came to us freely 
has so dignified us in Christ that God's present esteem of us in Jesus is not without reason and justification. Love without cause has now imparted and imputed such loveliness to its objects that in Christ they are fitting subjects for love's embrace. Don't you yourselves know that the saints are the masterpieces of his workmanship? God has shown his wisdom in balancing the clouds and guiding the stars of their orbits. Infinite wisdom is discoverable in every flower and every living thing, but the wisdom and the skill of God are far more clearly to be seen in the believer than any other work of the divine hand. Man born of the first time was fearfully and wonderfully made but a new created and regenerated, he is far more full of marvels than he was before. Friends, it is this covenant that God makes with us that he will make us new, that in him his covenant is sure, and that we will be brought into home with him. So friends, if you are far from God, I pray that you would trust in Him. If you are far from God and do not have Him as your Savior, trust in Him. He has covenanted with His Son's blood that by faith you will be redeemed. Brother, sister in Christ, filled with the Spirit, know that you can have confidence in God because His promise with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder that you keep your promise to us. Help us to be a people who trust in you. Help us to be a people who turn to you faithfully. Help us to trust your word and not our feelings. Help us to be a people who lean on not our understanding, but on you. Lord, thank you we are thankful for you, and may we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead, uh, stand to your feet. Says, Jesus, thank you.
a religious gathering on Sunday mornings. So we're talking about over 100,000 people that need Jesus. So we need to make sure that we're being part of God's call. This is what this is here to remind us who are you going to invite to church, who are going to share the gospel with. We hope that you would do that. Again, guests, we're glad that you are here. Uh, we uh, again make sure you fill that connect card if you don't have if you can't do it on your phone we can help you out at the next steps desk but make sure that you go there to help us as we reach our community today as uh, gospel to every home four to six this will be our last one until september so we hope that you will come out today at four o'clock and we would love to have you we would like to have as many teams as possible to go and uh, so if you can make sure that you uh, be here at four o'clock as we uh, head out into our community. Also, something important coming up here in two Sundays is our All In on Life groups. All In on Life groups, a renewal and training. I'm excited to announce that Doug Williams will be preaching on Sunday morning uh, to encourage us and point us to Jesus and why life groups are important. And then that afternoon, Darrell Wilson, who is with the KBC, will come and train us. This is open. We want actually everybody, if you've been in a life group or in a life group, interested in a life group, led a life group, this is for everybody. We want you to come uh, Sunday afternoon, 4 to 6. We're going to do uh, sort of like a, a, an hors d'oeuvres potluck during it so that we can have some snacks and stuff to eat. So make sure that you come and be part of that on August 13th. And then the next week, We'll have our launch for life groups and D groups where you can sign up to be a part of that for a new year. And then on August 20th, we want you to be a part of our back to school bash. Uh, we're going to need volunteers for uh, help with the food, observe inflatables, cleanup and registration and different things. So you'll be hearing more about that in the weeks to come. So those are the things going on as we continue our worship. Uh, we're going to worship together as we give of our tithes and offerings. And then following that, we will have our time for the Lord's Supper. So let's uh, go to the Lord as we give. Heavenly Father, prepare our hearts right now as we gather in your name to give. Lord, today we know that as we uh, have provided uh, for a church plan in Salt Lake City, we've provided for a partner in Journeyman to help out in London, that we as a church have played a role in helping with ministries here in Kentucky. We know it helps. We know it, all, it starts by us giving and our money going for the Great Commission. So Lord, as we give faithfully, we pray that you would bless it, those who give faithfully in obedience, and encourage others to give, and that Lord, you would receive this as a faithful gift from us. In Jesus' name, amen. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow.
stand up.